This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email. Radio at homestale.net. Hello and welcome to Radio at Homesdale.net. That's not quite what we're called, is it? Welcome to Homesdale Radio. Um, with me, Chris Hambling, and I have with me today a, a rare treat. We've got Furhad. Hi, Furhad. Hi, Chris. Uh, it's good to have you back. You um, you been missed? You missed us at all? Oh, very much so. But uh, I've been listening to the shows, been listening to a few of the podcasts as well, and you, you guys are doing a really good job. Just a few of the podcasts, not all of them. <laughs> well. Well, yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> confession, got that out of you already. Um, have you been up to anything exciting before I talk to our other presenter of late? Uh, it's cold. Uh, last weekend <laughs> I built a snowman. Uh, did you, out... yeah, did, you, did you use a carrot to make a penis on the snowman like everyone? <laughs> no, no, no. Seems odd. I did use stones for the eyes, though. Oh, good work. They could have been testicles. What's the matter with you? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that bombshell, uh, Mark, hello. Evening, Chris. Evening, everyone. And uh, what have you been up to, young man? Um, well, I was delighted that we didn't lose at the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Early> performance, yeah. <laughs> it was. I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But, yep. uh, yeah, no, um, uh, uh, pretty much just... Uh, Having a quiet weekend for a change as uh, no football. Plenty of uh, rugby on the box as well as football. Yeah. So I say got sort of plenty to watch. Uh, I say got mixed emotions myself. Kind of like annoyed that the game wasn't on in in some respects, but in a way it was nice to have a bit of a break. Not that I really did anything with with my time. I just I think I managed to fall asleep sort of Friday night, at sort of regular hour, sort of eleven o'clock. I woke up for about 10 minutes at 10am and fell asleep again. I eventually got up at about 3 in the afternoon. It's pretty disgusting. I think that's trying to recover from all them Palace games. Oh. But um, 
park bench so you woke up or <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe <laughs> but um yeah so i mean not a great deal's uh happened this weekend but we've still got to look back at the the middlesbrough game uh which i went up there um obviously you two lads didn't but i'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about anyway um without the donny game we'll talk about the reasons why that wasn't on and, and what people have been saying it's a few bits and pieces from the message boards to talk about um friedman being linked with leeds we've got uh, what else have we got? I don't know. Plenty of other stuff. It's all in the, all in our documents somewhere. <laughs> but um, um, obviously, first port call really is to say a big happy birthday to Nicholas Gusset, or Nick Gillard, as he's actually called. Happy birthday, Nick! Happy uh, birthday! Yes, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, Nick! Leave those kids. <laughs> leave those kids alone. <clears throat> you can't say. Oh, sorry, pre watershed. Can't say exactly. things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean. Aside from that, not not a great deal's happened. We got a fair few emails in from you today, but um, something in the email box at at Homestay Radio has been troubling me for a couple of weeks, and I thought I'd share it with you. Really, Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but you you get a spam email, but after a while, you you feel that maybe someone's targeting you with something. And now, obviously, we all get the "Do you want to enhance your wang?" emails, and you know, after a while, maybe you think maybe I do want to enhance my wang, but. Aside from that, I, I noticed in the Homesdale inbox the other day uh, a message that said a new approach to mental health, and it's an invitation to the Mental Health Conference in 2012. Well, now, I, I, it just starts, I just start to wonder, am I perhaps being targeted secretly due to our output on this show? I, <laughs> I, I sincerely hope not, but um, hopefully not too many more. I don't know what, pe- basically... Obviously, our email address is out there, and I am starting to wonder what some of our listeners are signing us up to. Uh, not that that's uh, an encouragement to do more. Oh, damn it. Just give them, <laughs> I've given people ideas now, haven't I? Uh, you'll be saying a lot of Twitter addresses for mental health organisations. Mm, exactly. Now, anyway, let's, let's get on with something. Um, the first thing I want to start us on uh, is, a, is a quick chat about... Um, well, Ferd, you, you want to wanted to bring this subject up um, off the message board and it's not a palace related subject but it's something that's been no. very much in 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 the news do you, you want to introduce it and we'll have a quick chat yeah um the the suarez uh evra uh, situation um yesterday both manchester united and liverpool played at old trafford and once again the the incident between Patrice Evra and Luis Suarez were reached boiling point once again when Suarez res, uh, refused to shake Patrice Evra's hand. Some say he should have just let bygones be bygones and, and, and shake his hand, but uh, he, he didn't. Um, and it, again, it flared into a situation. The game was quite... Well, uh, yeah, what's... I mean, obviously, if you, if you, going back to the, the original problem, Suarez didn't believe he did anything wrong. In what he said, but he has been he's been told unequivocally it is wrong to have to have abused ever the way you did, right? So that's you know that's kind of neither here nor there now. So he's been told you are in the wrong, whether you believe it or not, you are, and you and he's been punished, and for whatever reason he's accepted that punish, punishment. So now we're in a situation where he's he, well, if you believe what's come out today, he's apparently told his employers, Liverpool, I will shake Patrice Evra's hand. So. And then he's not done it, and today he's had to apologise for that. I mean, what? First of all, well, I'll go, go for you, Ferd. First, what? I mean, what's your aside from your opinion on on what he did and what he said? I mean, obviously, there's an argument about cultural misunderstanding and what have you. 
Um, mm. Is there any reason, any excuse for him to have essentially lied to his employers and to not not make that handshake, in your opinion? Uh, no, no, Chris, there's just no excuse at all. Um, he should have just left it there and then. He should have shaken Patrice over his hand and he refused to do so. Um, and, you know, he's it, it, the, the apologies come now, but I think it's a bit late. Mm. Um, Mark, what's your take on it all? Yeah, um, my take is that it was badly handled from the start by the FA, really, to begin with. Um, I think they've got, like, a lot to answer for. And then I think the clubs involved, obviously, uh, Liverpool and Manchester United, both the hierarchy at the clubs, the sort of owners, the managers, all the top brass, should have, you know, said prior to the game, you know, this is how we want this conducted you know and uh it's a bit late now suarez mm. apologizing it sort of is a bit of a sort of well you know uh, it's, it's sort it's of like after the horse is bolted kind of thing exactly. and and, exactly. and and i don't you know i don't you know you can see from the statement if anybody's already seen it today that mm. it's sort of obviously not been written in spanish but it's um uh, been written for him and uh, yeah. uh, it's very sort of very you know politically correct in what it says, but yeah. the whole the whole thing has turned into a farce. And of course, yeah, still we still have the outstanding problem of the the John Terry and the Ferdinand issue, mm-hmm. and um, and that's been handled badly. I mean, just because he's a footballer it doesn't give him a special case, you know, in terms of you know delaying. Delaying the decision till after yeah. the tournament—that's that's just complete rubbish, as far that's as I'm right, concerned. Mark. No, look. I mean, if we can—I mean, obviously that one's that one's still very much. I mean, that's a criminal situation. That's a bit different, and, and obviously it's something subject right this moment to um, to trial. So there's no point us really going into detail on uh, on John Terry. But if we can relate this back to perhaps Palace, and you look you look at the behaviour of—I mean, if we take the two managers, Ferguson and and uh, King Kenny. <laughs> uh, I hate that name, uh, Kenny Dalglish. Of course, if if you take those two um, two managers, one has has you know he's been quite critical. Well, Ferguson has come out and said that that um, uh, Suarez should disgrace, never play for Liverpool right? again. Yeah. You know what I mean? He mm. said he's a disgrace. He should never play for Liverpool again. Dalglish has been defending Suarez continuously, well, like you in some ways perhaps expect. And I suppose that's what my question comes down to. If it was, if it was one of our players who was in this situation, uh, how would you like to see Friedman handle it? If I can ask you that first, Ferhad. Oh, it's a tough one. Um, I think just sidetracking very slightly, um, going back to the, uh, the fans forum, which is held after the last season, um, Dougie said, I think he said, where's the effect that if one of my players uh, did something bad, then, you know, it'd be the last time that they played for me. Um, I think he's a no-nonsense manager. Um, and, you know, if we did, if a certain player did something wrong, um, you know, we'd sort it out immediately, as mm. opposed to leaving it how the situation has got. Mm. I mean... Okay, uh, well then, from, from the... Oh, it's difficult, really, to sort of uh, say what I mean. I mean, I don't think there's any way we can... You can ever condone what's what's happened. But I I just think, Mark, Mark, you've got it spot on when you yeah. say that that the way it's been handled, there's a, sim, there's a, you know, there's a simple way of doing it. And I, if you look at... I think if you have to look at Suarez himself and look at... He's, he's got... 
a past. You know, he's he, he was banned at Ajax for biting someone. I seem to remember and, and things like that. And you you can't you just can't do those things on a football field, really. Um, so, Mark, sorry, you wanted to say something? No. Um, well, yeah, I just wanted to add. I mean, it's a massive subject, and there's many talking points and various angles to to look at it. But um, um, obviously, there's no place for racism in football. Um, we've all heard the the arguments about Suarez's interpretation of racism and from where his from his culture and so forth. Um, but um, you know, you don't have to like everybody on the football field. You know, you don't uh, for whatever reason. So. You know, just because uh, Evra and Suarez don't like each other, that doesn't mean that they should have to shake hands necessarily, you know? And mm. it brings it back to the kind of thing, what is it, all this handshake business malarkey? Was it brought, was it brought in for a World Cup or the Champions League where everybody's got to shake everybody's hands? I mean, why? I, who gives yeah. a shit? I, I, I don't really... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to... I mean, to me, if you want to shake somebody's hand, then or congratulate them or just be polite then you can do that at the end of the game what's all this like pally let's all you know be best buddies before a game you're supposed to be all wound up ready ready for a match not well, sort I, think, of like... I think more than that mark it's anything forced immediately loses its impact if you go if you go ahead and do something you, like you say if you shake someone's hand because you respect them as a as a fellow professional then that's one thing if you shake someone's hand because someone tells you you have to do it then it has no meaning so yeah i mean if I, you I, went down the pub like and uh there was someone down the pub who you didn't like because you know uh, you didn't like his aftershave. No, if you didn't like sort of, you know, can I just, can I just jump person, in? Can I just jump uh, in there and hopefully yeah. he's listening? Aston, I, I really, as you know, I really don't like your aftershave. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't go down <laughs> to the pub. You wouldn't just walk into the pub, order a pint of beer, and then go over and shake this guy's hand, would you? Just because okay. that's the thing to do. You know, you just, you might, you might look at the person or glance at the person, or you might actually just nod or. Or just maybe ignore them. But what difference does it make? Why, who says that you should have to go around shaking people's hands? No, I know. I mean, you've got this this argument I saw from, I think it was the PFA, um, was, was suggesting that players as role models, that's the whole point, that they're, they're supposed to be there as role models and that they show the sportsmanship by shaking each other's hands at the start of the game. It's hypocritical, though, isn't it? It's hypocritical. It, it is, yeah. And, and it certainly it doesn't tie in with the, with the remainder of the actions. And it also, it gives... It gives a, uh, a forum for people to do to make points, like when Wayne Bridge wouldn't shake John Terry's yeah. hand, all that but sort it of create, it just creates more problems. Mm. Just get on. They're there to play football. Just get on with the football and let the forces outside of football decide what the punishment is. Suarez has served his ban. He can choose whether he wants to apologise or not, you know, depending on what the club tell him to do, what he wants to do, and the higher, you know, the FA tell him what to do, you know. But once you get onto the football pitch, leave all the shaking each other's hands and, uh, you know, whatever, and wearing T-shirts under your shirts, you know, backing players. and It's just ridiculous, you know. Where do you draw the line? Well, exactly, that people do like to draw arbitrary lines all over the place in what's acceptable and what isn't, and that's why you end up getting into these sorts of debates, you know. In the end of the day, Mark, I agree with you, people, the guys are out there to play a game of football, and, and the rest of it, the more attention that's, that's given to it by the media and the more, um, you know, it gives us something to talk about, obviously, but but, it's, it, but essentially, you, you, like I say, you're giving a platform to people to start putting, I mean, there's you know, the whole argument about politics and sport not mixing and all that, and you can't 
you can't keep giving people a forum to put opinions out where it's where it's not appropriate, you know. Mm. You, you, do, I mean, obviously, you've, you've seen in the past people with their goal celebrations when a, a relative's been put in prison or something like that and they do yeah. the cross-their-hands thing. I mean, quite yeah. often people are put in prison for things they shouldn't have done, so it's probably, mm. although, granted... You, you could do the uh, Craig, Craig... Yeah, you could do the Craig Bellamy golf swing, which is more entertaining, <laughs> couldn't you? But, yeah, I mean, you, yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't get sort of... Uh, Alfinger Harland, would you, from many years ago, going up and shaking Roy Keane's hand for ending his career, would you? No, you wouldn't, no, not unless he was holding a chain. And if, he, and if he saw him down the pub, I don't think he'd go up to him and say, thanks very much for ending my Probably career. Can I, can I shake your hand? Wait, whoa, 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 we've got a phone call. Can I, can I work out how to answer this? Uh, Unlikely. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um... Whoever that was, you can try and call me again. Oh, it may, it may, okay. it may take several attempts um, because, I mean, essentially, it will take several attempts because I'm quite stupid. Um, and despite every week, no, don't knowing, put yourself down, mate. Well, you know, <laughs> it's very hard for me to. Um, there's a button to press, but I don't know what button it is. Um, I, what I don't want to do is, is answer their call and put this one on hold because then and then because then you'll all just hear silence. Just anyway, that's a that's a digression. Digression. I apologise. Um, do try again later. Oh two oh eight one two three. Yeah, anyone who's got any message. Yeah, anyone who's but, got any thoughts on it, give mm. us a call. Drop us an email. It'd be good to yeah, hear what other people all, think about it. In all honesty, you might be better off emailing us radio at homesdale dot net or uh, sending a message on Twitter uh, at whole radio twitter dot com forward slash whole radio. Or on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone's in the chat room today because it's usually Nick's realm, and I don't think Nick's very well today because of um, him being out on a stag do. But, uh, and That's a poor excuse. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> that's www.hullradio forward slash chat if you want to head there and see if anyone's in there. But um, yeah, if you, yeah, do by all means get in touch, and I, and I only apologise if I don't add you, uh, don't answer your call because. You know, it's complicated and I'm stupid is the basic reason. Okay, uh, let's move on from uh, from Suarez. I think I don't think there's a there's a person uh, who follows football who isn't slightly disturbed by the goings on there. But as with anything, it's it's often overstated because of the media. So I'm sure there'll be something else to talk about soon. And I think one of the bigger points is um is that we got things like Portsmouth are quite close to going out of business. Mm. Um, and, yes. and that's getting absolutely no attention whatsoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where you start to, to wonder about football, really. Um, apparently, there are three, four people in the chat room, if you include Nick. So why not join them? Wholeradio.net forward slash chat. And I know there's many answers to why not join them in the negative, but, you know. <clears throat> okay, oh, hang on. There. Hello. G'day. Hey, is that you, Ross? Yes, hello. How are you? I'm not too bad. You okay? Yeah, very good. It's good to listen to uh, you guys um, at a normal time for once. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not, <laughs> not four in the morning or something, is it? No, it's a much better time. I'm awake. So, um, yeah. how, how long have you been over? Oh, sorry. Let, um, sorry. Um, let me just say something. Sorry, listeners. This is uh, Ross, who you might know as Palace Guard, uh, who is usually based in Australia and does our uh, five-minute down-under feature. Um, just, just, just assumed everyone would know that, but then thought I probably should say something. So, um, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. I should introduce sorry. myself. <laughs> That's right. You're not really employed to do that. It's my fault. Um, <laughs> anyway, mate. Yeah. Sorry. How long have you been over? Um, probably about three weeks or so. Maybe four. Pushing on four weeks now. 
Mm. And uh, what games have you taken in? Um, I went to the Brighton game. Yeah. And I don't know what I've been to. No, I went to the Cardiff away games as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, so, that was a disappointing night, but won't well, talk about that. No, well, we might have a little chat about that, but um, I mean, yeah. So, what's your overall opinion been uh, on on the boys now you've been able to watch them? Um, I was uh, it's it's different watching it live um, from listening to it. I mean, the, the the when I was watching the Cardiff game, I was surprised that someone told me after the game that we didn't have a shot on target. I, I just when you're watching the game, you don't really notice. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I get distracted easily by <coughs> singing and Nature and women. just yeah, <laughs> and just, you know, I'm just being able to watch the game live. So I'm just you know excited to be there, and I you know kind of forget that we're not even coming close to to scoring a goal. Um, basically, just because I'm you know, so happy to be there and, and watching the game, and then someone told me after we didn't actually have a shot on target. I didn't feel like that. I always thought we were in the game, um, <laughs> uh, but the Brian game was 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 much better for we. We controlled a little bit more, and um, yeah, obviously we we play a lot better at home. Yeah, now you'd have seen the reaction on the boards to that Brighton game, which I have to say surprised me a little bit because there's a lot of people being very, very negative, uh, and it's pretty much downright angry about some of that stuff. Um, could could you understand that? I mean, obviously, what you've just said, you, you know, is, is absolutely right. The actual joy of being able to watch football i think people do lose that but um yeah. could you could you see any sense in what people were saying uh a little bit because it's such a big game big rivalry so um i mean i was i was devastated when they got that penalty and from from the view from where i was standing it was wasn't a penalty mm. um he, he was playing for it and so when they scored it was yeah it was it was heartbreaking um but, I was, but at the end of the game i kind of thought about it i was like hey we took Four points off Brighton this season. Mm. I'm happy with that. And even though we we probably should have won it, um, I just like you know took a took a step back and looked at it that way. You know they didn't beat us, and we've got bragging rights for for the rest exactly. of the season. I don't it doesn't matter too much if they finish above us. I mean, they didn't beat us, so mm. uh, you know we're better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I, I feel the same way. And obviously they they're a bit cocky because they they like to talk about attendances at the moment, and they're also very keen on pointing out they're above us in the table, but it's that's not about that. You know, it's they the don't same. like talking about songs, though, do they? They don't know, no. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I thought a few of the words were going to change in the songs, but I'm glad they uh, they didn't on the night. It was, it was great, great atmosphere. I loved it. I took my friend um, with me, who's an Arsenal season ticket holder, and we stood at the back of Block B, and he he loved it. He enjoyed all the chants and was singing them on the way home and <laughs> and everything. So yeah, he really had fun. That's I don't think he gets much of an atmosphere. Ross, Ross, no, had you had you seen um, had you seen Jednak play before before you came over here? Uh, only the games on TV. Yeah. Um, never really saw him play in Turkey, and I didn't really see him play in Australia. No. Um, Would you? I've only really seen. <clears throat> um, well, obviously, basically, I can only um, from what I've seen, my thoughts are the same as pretty much everyone else's on the on the homestyle. He's a great player, gets stuck in, he can head, he can tackle, and he reads the game really well, but he can't pass, which is what everyone else has said on the message board anyway, which is what I've been reading. But it's, it's funny to read how everyone's kind of slightly changing their opinion of him from the first couple of months when he was on bad a bad run and 
um, wasn't playing too well. He was getting absolutely slated on the boards. Mm. And I remember Ryan just like, just give it time. Like, you know, even Dougie Friedman said, give him, give him some time. He'll, he'll settle in eventually. And now he's starting to find a little bit of form. Even though his passing is still shocking, um, he's still got good enough form to, to hold his position in the team. Mm. Uh, I think he's playing better than KG at the moment. And, uh, yep. you know, Wright's not even getting looking at the moment. But, um, no, I think, I think he's justified his, he, he does his defensive duties well, and that's the main thing he's there for. Um, I think maybe he needs to be trained a little bit more just to give the easy ball. But I don't know. I don't know what they, you know, um, Lenny and Dougie are coaching him. If they're telling him to, you know, look for that decisive pass, or you know, if they're just not saying, give, you know, just just play these balls. I'd rather. I reckon he'd be an awesome player um, if he just did that. Um, you know, that David Wright side, sidewards pass, backwards pass. Yeah, yeah. He wants to complete them, wouldn't he? He wouldn't make any mistakes. And he just get his job done, but yeah. um, you know, if, if, if you know, Dougie must see that he's trying to do, pull his passes off, so mm. you know, it's not just the fans that are seeing that he can't pass. So, um, you know, the coach would, the coach would see this and say something. So obviously, he's not saying anything. So, what can yeah. we do? It's well, I think, I think. I think yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, exactly right to point out that he must be on some instruction to do that. And I have to say, mm. it, to me, it seems like he's got some pretty good vision. And the, the, a lot of the thing that people struggle with with our team, uh, and you know, it's a criticism. But I'm not one to always criticise the, the boys. But this is a criticism. Our, our movement is poor, and Zahar yeah. gets that all the time. A lot of people get frustrated with Wilf, and, and you yeah, hear it. Like it he, he does look up and try. He loves look up and try and look for that pass um, yeah. where others. You know, don't really kind of just, you know, get rid of it and, and maybe play the easy ball, like who it up to, where at least he kind of looks for a pass and, you know, a lot, a lot of the time it doesn't pull off, but he, he doesn't pull it off, but at least, you know, he's looking for that ball and he's looking to try and do something. That's it, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I've, got a, I've been looking at the player database on the on the, um, the homestyle mm. and uh, Gordon might love me for this, but I've got a, uh, you, know, you know I love my quiz questions, so I've got one for you guys. Mm. I'll give you a little bit of time. As um as a, as been as been eleven um Australian players that have played for Crystal Palace in history. Um, how many how many how many guys how many of the eleven Australian players can uh, you guys all name? Oh my word, that's a good question. I could right. name at least five or six, maybe right. more. Go on then, go on then, start go it on, off. Go. All right, uh, Kevin Muscat. Yep. Carl Vett. Yep. Ricky Rizzo, yep. uh, Anthony Dans, yep. um, Nicky Carl, Craig Can't Foster, Craig Moore, yep. um, guy that oh Mile Jednak, <laughs> um, of course. Uh, well done on the pronunciation there. Yeah. Oh. I've uh, got eight. Um, who am I missing? Um, I, I, there's three you're missing somehow. That's eight. Um, oh, Tony Popovich, of course. Yep, Popper. Popper, yep. Um, two more. Um, any, any other guys going to help him? I, do you know what? He's, he's done so many. I was feeling really sure of myself. And then he's just got all the ones I thought that no one would get. Like, like Dan's. And now uh, I've written Dan's. Yeah, Dan's was a good one. Yeah, um, I think I only played about one game. I'm really struggling, I have to say. Um, done really like, well. Done really well. Like, uh, like I'm just trying to think, is is it someone who was... Oh, no. 
Viet was the one that I thought would yeah. get. Um, like, uh, Craig Harrison wasn't Australian, was he? Um, no. Oh, my word. I don't, I'm not going to leave it too long. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. We're going to come back to you. We'll, we'll have a uh, like, th- think through the rest of the show. Give it, give it to the end of the show. And I'll, I'll, I'll message it through on the chat room or something. Yeah, yeah nice one, mate. All right. No, no cheating. No, we, I won't cheat at all, I promise you. I've, I've got too many screens to even try and cheat. It'll just... <laughs> I'd end up stopping the broadcast or something. No, I'm going to keep thinking throughout the show, uh, but just not sit here in silence because that will annoy people. But, Ross, right. that's fantastic no question, mate. Thanks for that. No, but, um, no worries, guys. Thanks for your work. And I'll, um, I'll try and see you at the, the next home game. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, well, Ross. Take yeah. care, Ross. Speak to you soon, mate. See you. See you, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's great. Thanks to Ross for his call there. Um, and we're going to try and have a little think about the... Um, the last two Australians. If anyone wants to help us by <laughs> emailing us, uh, please, one, please. Oh my days! It's going to do my head in. Um, That's a good question. Yeah, it's yeah. a very good question. Yeah, we need more of that. Listeners phoning up and giving us questions is a good thing. Maybe yeah. we should have thought of that ourselves before. If um, you said half, half a dozen, but the whole lot. <laughs> yeah, the whole lot's difficult. Yeah, oh, it's doing my head in. I can, I can kind of almost picture another one now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think of the name. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about uh, Middlesbrough. Um, I, um, I, I went up there, took the long journey up there. It was nice and clear on the way up. Nice, quick journey. Um, obviously, thoughts were on the Brighton, Brighton game and what we were going to see. We've just seen a, a performance that a lot of people were un, unhappy with in terms of the attacking intensity and the cr- chance creation. And I suppose on the sur- surface of it, when you see we've got a nil-nil, um, I think people would feel that their, perhaps their um, opinion was was validated by that. But it was a very open game um, that we dominated. I'll be completely honest with you. I was spectacularly drunk and can't remember nearly any of the first half. Oh dear! Uh, I do. Rem- my memory came back as I fell down a row of seats onto the onto the uh, back area of the HF. Apparently, oh, I don't really remember that happening. Um, who it not was, give you a good hiding as well. No, no, no. I think most people found it quite amusing. Um, I was pathetic, weren't they? I was just trying to strangle someone. That's all that happened. And then I fell down a row of seats. Um, it was all in good, good humour. Nothing serious. But um, yeah, you know that me- mental yeah. illness question earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. No, exactly. we'll but anyways, on. the the, uh, the second half was obviously something I do remember because I had a nice halftime break and a coffee, um, and uh, we were absolutely all over Middlesbrough and uh, and how he didn't score is, is beyond me and certainly Ambrose missing the the key opportunity lovely move um, ended up completely free if you wanted anyone in that position it'd be him um, and he well he nearly hit the back of the back of the stand with it it was a shocking effort really shame um, and it's very similar to when we went to Ipswich and won 1-0 and, and just near to- total domination at that time we had the one goal to show for it this time we got none um but the question really for you guys, uh, just a, sorry, a few stats, and I'm going to hand over to Mark because I think he's got a few more. But we had 22 shots, we had 11 on target, we had eight corners, 56% possession and no goal, <laughs> which is yeah, stunning for us, really. Um, but the question really is, was it a response to the criticism of the style? Did we, did we see a response? Um, Mark, I'm going to hand to you for a few thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that Doogie came straight on the forum, saw what we had to say. <laughs> And change the tactics completely. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we should take all the credit for it and everybody else who works on HOL. But, uh, not being there, but I did read a bit about it and obviously people's comments about it and I did listen to it on the radio. And it was definitely a positive result against a, 
a good team, although they have been struggling of late, but they just remain outside the playoffs. So I would say it was a, a, a good result, a game we should have run. Uh, well, or run. <laughs> um, but I suppose, uh, yeah, it's like um, people have been crying out, you know, let, let, the, let the attacking players off the leash, you know, play one defensive midfield player instead of two, be more attacking. And it seemed like, uh, for whatever reason, only taking what the commentators said, that, you know, that we were, you know, the more dominated, dominating side and we looked like, the team that was more likely to win it and it was a good all-round performance and yeah. I suppose I, the only thing because I wasn't there I'd say to you uh, if you remember Chris um, <laughs> yeah. what do you think the reason for the improvement was would you say it was a change of personnel the formation the tactics um, or, have the, or have the players been let off the leash so to speak there wasn't too much different to be honest with you what what was there's a, a couple of key things really one of the things is something I always talk about and that's the opposition and the opposition were not uh, not at their strongest, so that's not taking too much away from um, uh, you know not taking too much away from how we played, but they, but they certainly weren't at full strength, Middlesbrough. But uh, that aside, I think what the major difference was was that we we were just a bit more sensible with our possession instead of. I mean, Ross touched on it earlier. Instead of having, uh, you know, instead of Jednak looking for that killer pass all the time, we were a bit more happy to just retain possession and, you know, maybe take a backwards or a sideways pass and just give us a, a bit of a foothold in the game. And we, we made Middlesbrough chase the ball quite a lot. And you'd be amazed at how much of an effect that has just keeping a little bit of possession for five minutes because it makes them tired. When you haven't got the ball and you're running around, it's... It's a very different thing. I don't know if anyone's ever played football. That is, it's probably the worst bit about football is when your team doesn't have possession, and and I think, I think that certainly uh, was was a big factor in in our, you know, and how we went on to dominate the game because we did this early. Um, but really, it, the the impetus should be with the home team. That, but they 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 had a very quiet home support, a very sort of sparsely populated ground. Um, and yeah, I just the, the team lacked any urgency. There was no real in, inspiration coming from off the pitch. So I, I think all of those factors sort of came together uh, and gave us a, a display to be to be rightly proud of. And and we could be nothing but you know disappointed not to get the three points, but we certainly worked hard enough to get them. I think. And uh, <laughs> who are the standout players then? Um, I thought Wolf Zaha had a terrific game. I really did, but. Uh, he again, he he's often finding himself isolated out on out on, out wide. But I thought he was very very good. Uh, I think I mean Easter Easter was very very good. Um, sort of justifying his selection ahead of Murray, and, I, and that's sort of a subject I'd quite like to talk about again. But but I think he, what he's given us that Murray doesn't is is just a bit more movement and a bit more interaction, and he seems to work quite well with Martin, who um, who's becoming a very strong player for us in the last few games. Um, but those, yeah, those were the sort of the, the key players for me. I think. Um, mm. I'll give Fur. Had you been quiet, have you got any questions? Um, um. Can, can you can you see us playing any any differently away from home? I know. Do, do you think that KG uh, Mile Yedinak partnership can be broken at all? Can we um, play one or the other? Yeah, you. I mean, I, I have. I do want that. I do want. I do want to see Jedinak or Yedinak. 
I got confused now because of the pronunciation thing earlier. Um, I do want to see him in there on his own in in a defensive midfield position, and and the other two push him further forward. That you know, I I, I do think that that needs to be pushed. Um, sorry, that needs to be the way we um, the way we go from now. I, I think we. I don't see it changing quickly. I see us keeping this formation, uh, this way of playing, probably till the end of the season now. Although once we're completely safe, I'd like to see us throwing a bit more caution to the wind. But I think Dougie himself said to Palace Radio, I think you can still hear the interview on their on their site. Uh, I think he said was was making the point that um, he had to sort out the defence at this club, and the the offensive part of the team is going. To, and that's offensive, not offensive I, anyway um <laughs> no that um that that side of the team is going to take some some serious time to address and any quick fix i think i, I i've said similar this my opinion's the same as as what he was indicating that any quick fix will see a, a return to conceding more goals um we need to we need to sensibly build and and to I, I the only thing i worry about is if we take too long over it we'll lose we'll lose our better players What's, hmm. Have you gone outside there? Someone's breathing onto their microphone. Nope, nope. All right, okay. I mean, I, I know, yeah, that was quite a long-winded answer to your question, but basically I, I think we'll, we'll stick with what we've got in the way we're playing, and you'll, you'll see a very gradual change. But I see when Johnny Williams comes back, obviously I think that's going to add a different dimension hmm. to, the, to the selections in the middle there. Um, whether he'll displace Martin or, or he'll actually slot in, slot in further back in the midfield, I don't know, but... It's it's interesting times, I think, to see how we go. <coughs> There's a lot of, lot of expectation, don't you think, on Johnny Williams? Yeah, there is, yeah. Um, and, and again, too much, do you think, for someone? As, so as, I, said, as I, said, I said last week, yeah, it is too much. It is far too much expectation on him. But I, but I genuinely believe that he is that good. And I, I don't think people are necessarily wrong to be expecting so much. I just think he is, um, he is the, the player that links everything that we're missing. Um, I'm not saying he should have to do it all on his own. It's not fair, and he's not going to be able to do it in, in every game. Although, when you look at what he achieved in the 13 games he has played, it's it's hard not to be impressed. But you know, I I, I, I sort of I get I'm quite torn by it. Really, I'm quite torn in 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 how reliant I feel that mentally a lot of us have become on the return of Johnny Williams to to spark things in an attacking sense. But it's hard to argue. I mean, he certainly had a massive, massive impact on on everything, pretty much. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's that's where I go. Really, I think I'm going to pick it up on a few comments from from the thread on Homesdale. Uh, Albert sort of saying Moxie and Williams both di- both get declared miraculously fit for the next game. Who do you drop to accommodate them, or do you make them wait on the bench? And that's another player we haven't really talked about, uh, Dean Moxie. Yeah. Um, well, I start start with you, Ferd. I, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but Johnny Parr's been playing left back. Has mm. opinion looked a bit tired? Do you think Dean coming back would be a good thing? Yeah, it's good. You know, um, it's good to have competition for places. Um, Johnny Parr's done well at the back. Uh, sometimes he's a, he looks a bit stranded, but um, thinking back to the Cardiff game, to other crucial games, he, he does make you know. A, a decent contribution. Um, I'd I'd love to see Moxie back. When when we signed him from Derby, you know he he pretty much had an instant impact. Um, whether we could perhaps play him 
maybe left midfield. I, I don't know, but um, it definitely gives Par a, a chance to rest Par, shall we say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I, I mean, I've been a little bit. Um, I have been emailed. I've just seen where the answers to the Oz players. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Thing came in from Tony. Thanks for your your help there, Tony. Um, we'll, we'll reveal who they were at the end of the show. <clears throat> yeah, no, absolutely right. And I, I think I think that's the logical selection for me is to bring Moxie in for Par. Um, I think Par has been targeted by the opposition of late. I don't know if you've noticed that yourself, Mark, but it seems to be his side that, that people are picking up, picking us up. Well, yeah, I sort of agree and disagree with you i think that he's been exposed a lot uh and has been caught out as a result of that because um a lack of help which is really okay, not yeah. really slating uh wealth for his defensive duties but obviously being an attacking minded player he tends to spend more time going forward than back uh although his game has improved a lot in in the defensive side of things he does get positionally uh caught out um, he has done a few times, Jonathan Parr. But I, um, before uh, De Moxie got injured at Man U, I thought that uh, Parr playing in front of Moxie was a good combination because obviously they're both naturally left-footed players. Um, so uh, it seemed to work well. But obviously you have to find space for people or drop people as a result. And it's sort of, you know, I don't know you know, whether you can bring Moxie straight in or whether you gradually bring him in. I mean, I don't know anything about the injury and how sort of... I know that he's 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 fit enough to play, but I don't know whether he's fit enough to play 90 minutes. And, yeah, it's, uh, a, it's yeah. a strange one, wasn't it? He got injured against Man U. Um, mm-hmm. And it yeah. just seemed to be like an, an ankle knock, but it was obviously more serious than that. It's kept him out of some time. Because we don't play... You know, in a regular reserve football or anything like that, it's hard to know whether he's had behind closed doors games or anything like that. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I well, I seem to remember reading him being fit for the last few weeks, and we've we've not not seen him. So, but I mean, I I, th- I think, but he's not. He's done a good job, John from Pirate left back. Yeah, he's yeah. really a natural left back, and he does give his all. Well, and he's chipped him with a couple of goals, and and uh, you know, I like the bloke. He's a good, honest player, but um, he has looked a bit weary of late, and what, what he might be best- to arrest. What is his well, best position? Because I have him down think, as a left back myself, and, and you, don't, you don't feel that's the case. So, what is his best position? I, well, I I think it's the left side of midfield, really. Mm, okay. But uh, obviously, you know, you've got to sort of accommodate Wilf, and you know that you could swap Wilf on the right or 
drop Ambrose or play Ambrose through the middle or, you know, there's all various yeah. combinations or drop Martin or I don't know, you know, there's all sorts of different things. But you need, but he, I just feel that the two of them together work well and it's mm. good to have left sided people playing on the left side, you know, naturally left footed and vice versa because the, the outlets the vary, you know, you can play the ball down the line, the left back doesn't have to cut in looking for his right footed. Yeah. You know, left-sided midfield player, if you sort of mean. And uh, no, I, don't know. I just think uh, earlier on the season, um, it looked like a good combination. But um, I think probably Moxie is a better defender. And uh, but I think Parr is a is a great player to have in the squad. And and um, you know how Doogie deals with it or not. You know, in the coming weeks, will be interesting to see. Um, well, obviously, yeah, yeah, completely agree, mate. And uh, well. I, yeah, I don't want to. I'd sort of rated Parr as, as the better defender initially, and I, but I think you're right. I think of, of late, I think certainly it's, it's on Moxie's shoulders. And again, like you say, having having them both out there is probably a good way forward. Um, I'm going to move us on a bit because um, we have dwelt somewhat on, uh, on a number of issues. I just want to get to some correspondence, otherwise we won't get to any of it for people. Um, so I'm going to start with Graham Burt's email. Um, thanks for your email, Graham. Uh, he, he probably won't be listening in this evening because he's on his way back from Heathrow. Um, da, 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 da. <laughs> don't need necessarily need all that. Uh, he landed just in. His son had been over and landed just in time to see us beaten by Cardiff, which was a huge disappointment, as we we're talking about uh, with Ross earlier on. Yeah, it was very disappointing. But those of us that were there will also remember an absolutely spectacular atmosphere. So it's not all bad. Um, he wants to congratulate our Hardy fans who made the journey to Middlesbrough last Saturday. <laughs> Must have had a torrid journey back through the snow. Yeah, try eight hours. That was good. Um, and yeah, I managed to spin my car later on as well, but that's another story altogether. Um, much later on, when I was sober, by the way, everyone, uh, don't drink and drive, kids. Um, he said uh, it, would be, it would be nice for this club have to have recognised their efforts by reimbursing the cost of their tickets. So that didn't happen, but it was not too late for the club to offer up a free away ticket before the end of the season. Comment welcome. Um, as a as a regular away traveller, I, I understand the sentiment, Graham, but I don't think I think we. We understand what it is when we go to somewhere like Middlesbrough and we know what the weather's going to be like. I don't think the club have to necessarily reward us for, for that. And certainly the performance wasn't bad. If we'd gone up there and got stuffed 5-0, I might, <laughs> might well be agreeing with you. But we certainly we should have won 5-0. So I'm not too worried about that. And I, I was happy to be there, to be honest. If you had a good, good, good day out, really. Um, <coughs> he said it's uh, hard to see us making a push for the playoffs now, given that we're nine points off sixth place. Uh, I doubt Dougie will change our style of play until we're mathematically safe. So we have another half dozen or so dour performances to look forward to until we get up to 50 points. I then hope he can cast aside the defensive shackles and experiment with a more expansive game. If by some miracle we find ourselves in with a chance of the playoffs, we will need to show more enterprise regardless. Uh, then keep up the good work. Thanks for that, Graham. Uh, guys, if I can pick you up on that, I'll start with you, Ferhad, and Mark, you can then uh, chip in after. Um, are the playoffs out of the question? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, some of the players have come out this week, you know, on all cylinders saying that, you know, we can make the playoffs still. As to, you know, it's the right mindset to have. Otherwise, you know, end the season on Tuesday. Um, we have to have something to play for. We're in the odd position that for, for, for the first time in a long time, we're sitting mid-table at the moment. And we're, we're not involved in a relegation dogfight yet. We're yeah. not in the playoff mix either. We're just nice and comfortable. So, mm. but, but 
this is a league where anyone can beat anyone. So if you, if we get a few wins t- uh, together, you never know. We could actually be in the playoff equation at the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. Nice and concise. Um, yeah. I don't. Not too much. I disagree with there. I. I think obviously nine points is is nothing. But when you look at the type kind of league, it is. It's. You know, when everyone's beating each other, it, it takes a lot longer to make point a point uh, gap up. I think so. It's, just, it's a bit of a weird way of wording it, but um, Mark, I mean, again, Graham's pretty much agreed with what I was suggesting earlier that we won't be changing our style of play until we're mathematically safe. Um, do you think that that is the case yourself? Um, yeah, I think, um, in all honesty, statistically, of course, we're in with a shout. Realistically, no is the answer. I don't think we will be in the playoffs cometh the hour, but. Um, the uh, the million dollar question has been asked, and you know we've we sort of uh, mentioned it a little bit earlier about from the Middlesbrough game whether the defensive yeah. shackles come off and uh, whether we'll play a more expansive game. And I think um, I think we will, but I think as uh, Graham said, it will probably not not be until we are sort of up to 50 points, although I don't think we're going to need 50 points this year. But um, no? Not really, no. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so that, at the end of the day, that's just my point. I think yeah. I would like to see, I mean, I, I looked up before I did the show, uh, our goal-scoring record, home and away, and of late, and so forth, and I won't bore you with the stats, but it is abysmal. We all know that. We've all been to yeah. the games. We've seen it. Um, but we have a fantastic defensive record, so you know, come, you know, yeah, you know, weigh up no, the good uh, and the bad uh, things at the end yeah. of the day. And I think you know, the priority is to to stay in the division, which I um, sincerely hope we will and expect us to. The playoffs, I think, are a little bit far off, and also we're not really um, ready for them. I don't think. I think. Yeah. We need a few players back, um, uh, another season maybe in the championship to bed some of those players in. And then I think we've got a really good chance next season of, uh, if we can keep hold of the majority of our players, uh, of uh, having a push for next season. But yeah, I could just see us getting stuffed every week if we, if we went up. To no, I t- totally agree. I'd rather, you'd rather go up, go up with a chance of staying up. And I think, like you say, another season perhaps, and, and we might well have that. Um, I mean, Brighton might go up in the playoffs and get stuffed every week. And yeah, we, we, we can, yeah, we can, but hope that that would happen if they did go up. But I don't see them going up, frankly. They're not good enough. Um <clears throat> I mean, I, well, I, I do worry about keeping hold of our players in the summer. Certainly, we're going to lose Klein, and you know, and if, if the chance is there, and I'm, I'm sure the, the, the everyone at the club thinks the same thing. If the chance is there, you take it. Um, and and as I mean, much- we've got yeah, we've got a good. I mean, if you look at the current fixtures coming up, you know, uh, obviously the rearranged Donny game, Bristol City on Tuesday night, Watford at home, all very winnable games. Uh, looking on their their current form and so forth. Uh, you know, but there I say it, say three wins in a row or seven points out of nine and, uh, you know, we could be sort of eighth or ninth and yeah. three points off the playoffs. So, you know, nothing's impossible. Well, but, well, you know, to, uh, yeah, I was going to say, to close this subject, really, I'll just, um, TJ on Twitter has probably just summed it up, really. Play, he says, 
to be on it, just be honest, holders. Playoffs not an option right now. Ten more points, and then we can start looking to twenty twelve thirteen. Think that's think that's probably where everyone is realistically. Not that we'd turn it down if we if we do go on a run. Um, I'm going to move on uh, from Graham's email. Uh, thanks once again, Graham, and and just go to get to Ramsey's comments before we uh, before we move any further. Uh, this might come to you first of all, Ferhad. Uh, it says, "Would love an update if you have one on off pitch matters in stadium plans, training complex, kit for next season, badge outcome, etc." Uh, training ground you might be able to help on yeah um what's basically going on with the uh training ground is that we're, we're still working behind the scenes um i think the first thing i want to plug is my very own fred on in in palace talk on homestyle.net um if you ever if you ever have some time just check out that fred i've pinned it um and i give updates sporadically when i have something to update um, I do have a bit of a backlog, which I actually need to post, but it, it is coming slowly but surely. Um, with regards to the actual training ground, yes, we are looking at a few sites. Um, we're not close to anything yet. We don't want to commit specifically to one. And, you know, as, as the old saying goes, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. But we are getting closer every day, slowly but surely. And uh, hopefully... Don't want to say, but maybe six months, six weeks to two months, we might have something to announce. Ah, fantastic! Well, thanks for that. Um, yeah, as for stadium plans, I think the last thing I read was probably on the BBS, and it was just a reference to the fact that they're still having meetings to sort out meetings regarding the, um, you know, the site in Crystal Palace. So uh, I think we were we were told that there would be a time limit of, of a couple of years or something before something had to really be moving before we'd look at our backup plan, which is to redevelop Celeste. Personally, I I still feel that, that there's too many obstacles in the way and that will be the the way we go, but there's no official word on that or anything like that. I, you know, we, we just have to wait and see on the stadium. Kit for next season, I've heard nothing more. Oh, I've got a, another call to answer. Bear with me one second. Hello? Hello? Well, that hasn't worked, has it? Hmm... No, uh, it sort of it sort of nearly worked. Try, uh, if, whoever that was, <laughs> you by all means try again. I did click. I clicked the right button. Oh no, hang on. Ah, oh, forget it. Um, so yeah, in terms of in terms, I've not seen what's been formally announced. Uh, nothing as far as I know. Well, well Chris, a, a lot depends on the uh, on the Olympic Stadium. Um, and does what, it? Does it still? It, it does because. Uh, they 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 still don't know what's what they're going to do with it afterwards, do they? Is it going to go to West Ham? I don't think Spurs are going to get it now. They've no, been Sp- a but Spurs have gone elsewhere. Um, yeah, I, I think the only question is is who leases it, whether it. Mm. And obviously West Ham's still in the the driving seat for that, mm. um, and we know the reasons for that when we spoke to David Gold. But I think I think um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see that as being an issue now. Whatever happens, it. The, the Olympic Stadium will retain a running track, so that's not going to that's not really going to come into it. I don't think it ah. did have an impact when it was still an, un- an uncertain situation. But from what I understand, and for, I think it's probably I think it's been out in in the public uh, forum. Um, I think very much that's oh, oh there's Jerry. Hello, is that you, Mark? No, this is Chris. Mark is here though. Oh, I want to speak to Chris. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. Hello. Hello, Jerry. It's Chris. Yep. 
All right. Um, I was going to speak to Chris. Uh, oh, yeah. Go on, go ahead. Okay, Chris, Chris, you're doing a great show, mate. Don't let people wind you up. Um, <laughs> you've got a great show there. You know yourself better than anyone else. Um, people just just jealous of you, mate. That's all. You know what I mean? And what you provide, <laughs> it's an invaluable show. Yeah, thanks for that, mate. All no. right, so don't get too down by it, Chris. I think people are just trying to wind you up, and they're just probably jealous, Chris, you know. No, you're you're as passionate as um your passion for the club is second to none, and you're not paying me to say this, of course, Chris. So don't have to worry <laughs> about that. Um, no, not yet, anyway. You know, and uh, it's a great show. People like me love it. And um, as for mental health, Chris, you know, we all got mental health problems. So don't let <laughs> kind of you know where they all come out in different ways. And I'm you know I met you a few times, and you're a great guy. You've got a great staff there, and you love the club, and it's all systems go for next year. I'll go now, Chris, because I'm right, very cheers, busy. Buddy. Bye now. Yeah, take it easy. Cheers, Jerry. Okay, thanks for Jerry's call there. That was, um, oh, yeah, what is going on with this? Who's been uh, upsetting you, mate? I, I want to know his in, name. It was in relation to the, uh, <laughs> it was in relation to the spam emails earlier, wasn't it? Ah, okay. Anyway, yeah, oh, as we were talking about... It wasn't about, your dad. <laughs> well, he, has, he does regularly upset me. He's in <laughs> Costa Rica at the moment, so... No, um, listen, I, where we were, we were talking about the, the, uh, the Olympic Stadium situation, yeah. as I was saying. It's def- it is 100% having a, a running track on it. It did, it did obviously have an effect that, that things couldn't move forward, but I don't think that there's, any, there's certainly any, any reason that's a problem now. Mm. I, think, I think the problem is, is what, what it's always been, which is pl- uh, getting through planning law and trying to get uh, you know, an actual decision from anyone about what they want to do with it. I mean, I, I, I get so confused. I hear so many different things on the stadium situation all the time about who who is actually responsible for making any kind of a decision, and, and mm. pretty much anyone who seems to know anything about anything says it's not going to happen. Um, but we'll see. I certainly will see. Um, as for yeah, we were talking about kits as well. Um, I'd say other than other other than the, the comment that we'll ha- our new kit will be something absolutely. Um, you know, unique. I don't, I don't think we're having a template kit next season. It's going to be something specifically designed that I think has been influenced by by some of the some of the things that um, that they've seen on the websites. So that looks promising. And as as for the badge, no word on what's been what's been voted on. And I just want to make it clear. I think we we were guilty of this as much as anyone of uh, of misreading that it's, it wasn't necessarily a vote for which badge would win. It was a vo- it was just a vote for opinion from supporters. So yeah. whether or not badge E wins, it's still the choice is still the club. So they're not going to end up with something that they didn't want. So, I mean, we'll just we'll wait we'll wait and see what happens. I'm pretty sure all the all the website polls that were done all came out in favour of that that badge E, which is the circular one that looks quite similar to what we got now, but a little bit more yeah. updated. I still like I still like B for some reason, but there we are. Uh, so no no real formal answers on that one for you, I'm afraid, mate. Uh, he says, regarding the match cancellation, which is where we're going next, um, this is very disappointing as I was looking forward to seeing Palace get back to winning ways. I preferred day matches to night games and felt that Doncaster represented a team that we could beat comfortably and avenge the surprise defeat earlier in the season. I'll tell you, that was a shocker up there. I mean, no way should we have lost that game. So that's, yeah, anyway. Um, <clears throat> he says, Bristol away is a key opportunity to get back to winning ways. I'd like to see Dougie adopt a radically different approach and set up the team for a more attacking formation, like the one he used to take part in with Clinton. Uh, I have faith in our back four and the midfield is quite solid. By pushing forwards, we should be putting the weaker teams on the back foot 
uh, allowing to, us to increase our possession, uh, enabling the more creative players to flourish and provide chances uh, for... for uh, well, dear, for one or two who must be getting quite frustrated at the lack of chances. For our front, one or two who must be quite, getting quite frustrated. Um, <coughs> there's a lot of sense in there, really, but um, we, obviously we've talked about formations. We don't see it changing a great deal. And, and there's a comment in there about weaker teams that I understand where you're coming from, Ramsey, absolutely. And, and I certainly do consider Doncaster with their troubles as, as, as a weaker team. But I think it's fair to say when you look at the results throughout any championship season uh, well to be honest you look at any leagues across the world really that there's there's a surprise every single week and there's no easy game um i don't really i think i think in some ways when you when you go against uh, you play against a team that's got sort of nothing really to lose i think we suffered against scunthorpe a couple you know a season or so back when uh, when they came to sell us and beat us despite losing their last seven i think when they've got pretty much nothing to lose uh, if you go out and attack them you can end up being caught out quite considerably so I think we're always going to be cautious with the team we've got and the way we set up you can't make radical changes that quickly mm. um, any other any, well Ver, do you want to make any comment on that before I move on uh, what well, with regard to the changes yeah uh, I think for Bristol it would pretty much be the same again really KG and Mila Yednak in the middle um can't make changes now. Let's get the, that extra 10 points, be safe, uh, and then try and experiment afterwards. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, okay, with the next bit, there's a question. I'll, I'll ask you this question, Mark. Um, it says, what is the future for Murray? Uh, poor guy must be wondering we made the right decision in coming to Palace. He's a striker and needs to score. How must he be feeling being benched in the last few games and seeing Martin and Apaya come in? Obviously, Apaya we haven't seen and. I hope we do see him at some point before the end of the season, but um, Martin signed till the end of the season. So, so Mark, what's your feelings on Murray's future? Well, I think he's had a good season, to be honest, uh, with uh, little help, little support, uh, poor delivery, poor end product, um, and uh, he probably is quite a frustrated player. I think uh, Doogie's sort of changing around a bit up front, just experimenting with... Uh, um, Easter and Zaha and mm. Martin and just sort of trying to get a combination. But basically the supply is very poor. And the original, this, this uh, email that came in talking about like a radically different approach, like yeah. more attacking formation like the one he used to take part in with Clinton. Well, we don't have strikers like that at the club at the moment. And also, um, uh, you know, uh, sort of when it says allowing us to increase our position, enabling the more creative players to flourish, well, we don't have a lot of creativity at the moment. <laughs> so Murray is just a victim of our sort of, of, of the squad that we have at the moment. He's mm. sort of, uh, he, he is a good striker uh, in his own right, but we don't really play to his strengths. And I think that's probably Doogie's realized that we don't have the players that will provide mm the the chances for Murray and uh I suppose he's going at it a different way but um yeah. I suppose you know any no no striker likes no player likes to be left out for whatever mm. reason no player likes to be injured substituted <coughs> or whatever or rested but um yeah I don't think he wonders whether he's made the right decision I just think he's probably quite frustrated at at 
is lack of opportunities. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think, as I say, because we don't have that creativity, it's route one down the middle. It's not really working. And um, uh, he's ex- just experimenting, you know, with uh, with other players in, you know, slightly, slightly well, variations of the same formations, different mm-hmm. players playing in, you know, in the same sort of formation. But, uh, you know... I think, uh, I don't know who's to say what, what Murray's thinking at the moment. I don't know. No, I was going to say the point, the point probably worth making is that Easter's probably justified his selection in the last couple of games, although uh, he did miss quite a, quite a key chance against Middlesbrough, which, you know, you kind of would help hope. Certainly, uh, Murray put one against Forrest away in very clinical fashion from a similar position. So, uh, yeah, interesting. I, I personally still think Murray is the better player, but it's worth bearing in mind Easter at the start of the season. He was the guy frustrated on the sidelines and made his feelings clear. And you've you've got to show people who aren't playing that there's a route into the team sometimes. And he certainly gives us a lot of work and a, and a different dimension. I do hope to see Murray back. Like I said, I still kind of hope to see the two of them play together at some point. But... um whether or not we've got the uh, personnel to do that, I don't know. I'm going to move us on with, uh, obviously, it was nine o'clock, so usually, usually this is a point where I start remem- we start remembering we should actually be finishing at some point. Uh, we've got quite a lot still left to do, but we can get through it pretty quickly. Got through most of your correspondence, I think. Uh, a couple of comments from Twitter that relate to, uh, should we sign anyone in the loan window? I'll get to in a second. Uh, and we've had a chat about why the game is off. And the other thing was Dougie to Leeds. Um, Mark, you had a couple of things uh, regarding the odds of Dougie to Leeds, didn't you? Well, I had a quick look up before we came on air, and um, there's there's ten, ten uh, potential managers ahead of him as far as the bookmakers are concerned. So he's uh, Paddy Parry, 16-1, to 1, if you fancy a, a score on Dougie to take over at Leeds. But he's got people like Lee Clark, Steve Bruce, Keith Hill, Dave Jones, Mick McCarthy, Paul Lambert, Billy Davis, Paul Ince... Colin and Neil Redfern is the favourite for some oh, reason right, or other. And there's a few obviously ex Leeds players, McAllister O'Leary and um uh, Strachan and people like that all in the uh even Lucas Radderby for God's sake. Uh so yeah, there's uh so all those people thinking that he's on his way, they're certainly not how the book is there. No strong indication that it's going to happen that way, but um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if anyone wanted to uh, wanted to go and work for Ken Bates. Certainly, uh, you know, in, in with given what the the situation is at our club and who they work for here, you know, we've we've got good people, you know, good owners at this club, and it seems very very odd that um, anyone would want to uproot from Palace and go to Leeds. They're a big club, but it seems strange. Um, Furhad, you want to make a point on that? Yeah. Um... It's quite, uh, it's quite good for Dougie that he's been linked with Leeds. I think he was linked with the Leicester City job That's right, later yep. on in the season as well. Um, it just goes to show how highly regarded he is in the media, in the footballing world, um, and the fact that he's he's worked with a, you know, a tough budget. You know, he doesn't have millions and millions of suspend, but he, he's done well with what he has, and we need to keep on remembering that. Mm. Um, when, when we see, you know, results not going our way. Um, he, he's definitely up there with Malcolm Mackay as two really good young managers in the game at the moment. And his stock will go higher, definitely. Yeah. I, think Bates is, uh, I think Bates is only interested because it's a cheap option. 
Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe I mean, that's the case. We know, well, we, we know base yeah, observation. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously he's got a contract at Palace, but uh, with some of the other names being linked with a the job, their budgets are going to... It's not beyond the realms of possibility. I know, obviously, we've been talking about getting Dougie a new deal as well, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility that his representatives would, would link him in the press to to another job just to strengthen his negotiating position. I don't think he'd really that's the sort of thing he would do, but you never know. Um, okay, well, look, the general feeling there is he's not going to go. There's nothing, there's no indications from anyone that, that he's even considering it or whether... But, and I know someone on the BBS was pointing out that... Uh, that there's been a statement, well, not a statement, it was said on the BBS that uh, no f- official approach for Dougie Freeman has been made by Leeds, so nothing to panic about just yet. But something we'll be keeping an eye on. Um question I asked on Twitter earlier on uh, was whether or not we should sign anyone in the loan window, and if so, who? Uh, at CPFSam17 said, I reckon we need a striker, out-and-out goal scorer with a bit of pace about him. Uh, having a solid defence can only get you so far. Um and uh, at Homestead 11 said, I don't think a loan is the way to go, but if we were to sign them at the end of the season, it would be a good idea. So the general thing, the thought from them was uh, it doesn't would prefer not to have any loans in because it's, you know, it's a short-term measure, but if we could sign them at the end of the season, then, then you know, targeting someone to strengthen the squad would be good. And, and Sam feels that there should be a, a striker signing. Um, we've signed Kwesi Apaya, obviously, but uh, a goal scorer, certainly, with a bit of pace, but very much untried. Uh, untested at this level uh, is there anyone out there you can think of guys as a striker who we could be going for I'm going to stick one name out there Clinton Morrison <laughs> no there's nothing in our budget no not really then, yeah. Nothing, yeah. Better, nothing better than we've got no not in the no. budget yeah got to agree there there's, there's no one out there at the moment who's available that we we can get in now it's just Mid-season can't, I think some, can't be done. I think sometimes you can, someone does come out of left field. If you know what I mean, sometimes you sort of a signing does appear out of nowhere. And there's got to be. Got to be. It's like um, you know Matt Tubbs was being spouted about, wasn't he? And uh, he got his move, and he's already yeah. started scoring goals again. And you kind of look and you think, well, as you said, there's there's always someone that comes out of left field. And I know he'd done it in the lower leagues, but he hadn't got any. Um, record of scoring any higher than whatever it was, League 2 or League 1 yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, he's got his move and he's scoring goals but uh, you know, is that one that got away but were we really in for him at all and what was his uh, well, what was, you know, what were his demands, you know, his Yeah, exactly, demands, well, he, so, he, who knows? He, he joined Bournemouth as, as I think we talked about on the show because he, he is a Bournemouth supporter, he was in their youth team and he was desperate to go, and he found out they were interested. No, for Bournemouth, it wasn't that big a risk because it's just the one division step up, I suppose. Mm. Although they probably paid quite a lot of money for him. Um, for us, I, I don't know. I don't think someone like Tubbs would have been worth it for us. I still, I mean, I, I've seen him play a few times. Uh, I can see why the Crawley fans loved him like, as much as they did. Uh, I can see why Bournemouth took a risk, but I just, for, for me, I just. I don't, didn't see his all-round ability and his sharpness being good enough. He, he just looked he looked about half a yard off the pace uh, for the kind of football that you get in the championship, which is frenetic, and it's where we've seen play, people struggle. It's where we've seen, why we saw Jedinek struggle to settle. It, it's a very, very hectic, high-paced game in the championship, and some players can cope with it and some players can't. And, and I, yeah, I would say... 
Yeah, but at the end of the day, strikers thrive on service, and we don't provide our strikers <laughs> with anything. So, so he'd be playing off scraps like everyone else's. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's the bottom that's line. We need we need a creative midfield player, really. That's yeah, I mean. still I still think a, a, a nice pacey left winger as well. You can put a ball in would be good. But um, but I mean these are these are all kind of nice to have. So I think in terms of the squad, I think Dougie said that he's pretty happy. He doesn't see it changing. Uh, we may be loaning a couple more people out. I know Lee Hill has had a reserve game for Leighton Orient the other day. I don't know if he's going to be taken on over there, but it's his first football in a while. Uh, yeah, well, um, you know, it's we we have a pretty big squad, and, and yeah. we have sent out quite a few people on loan. So I think it's more a build building for next season more than anything, really. So mm. we can just string a two or three wins together in the next, you know, this month or the next sort of month or so. And then we'll be pretty comfortable in the table. Then you know, maybe uh, we can play this more expansive game that everybody wants us to to play. Okay. Well, let's finish up by having a quick look look forward to uh, Bristol City and Watford, who I've labelled Brizzle and Twatford in the document here. That was good of me, wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> the uh, well, what I've said of, um, in terms of Bristol City, obviously that's Tuesday night, so. Uh, Nighttime game away, not that bad a journey. So, uh, you know, first of all, guys, uh, Mark, do you want us? How do you see us approaching that game? Normal, normal sort of defensive, hit them on the break kind of play. Um, well, <coughs> I, I think uh, I don't think a lot will change um, from. I think do you would be wise to try and sort of set up and play the way we played at Middlesbrough, judging yep. by by the sound of it. So I'd pretty much go with the team that played Middlesbrough if they're all fit. Um, the thing about um, uh, Bristol is they. I was looking at their stats and 16 times this season they've scored first in a match and they've lost 14 of those games and drawn the other two. So they've, so they've, won, so they've, so they've won no games when they've gone behind. So basically if we can nick an opening goal statistically we've got a good chance of picking yeah. up at least a point so i think um we should actually really um really attack bristol city and um their their record they're on on a bad run three defeats on the spin conceding seven and scoring none so uh so that, you know, that, they are there for the taking really that impact from changing the manager seems to have worn off now um, well also they've lost nicky maynard he was their top scorer yeah. he's got to west Ham, well, i was, so I was gonna gonna ask if had that really so i mean obviously as mark said maynard's gone to west ham Ferhad. Mm. Just, just this is something believe me if there's no, if you don't have an answer to this question it's fine because I, I didn't um Without Maynard, who's the player you fear at Bristol City? Um, <laughs> That's the thing I was, I was struggling with. Marvin Williams, their midfielder. Oh, um, a few uh, long-range shots. Marvin Elliott. Marvin Elliott, that's it. Sorry, yeah, thank you. Mill, yeah, yeah. No, he's actually a very good player. And, um, Pittman, I think it's that's it. not a bad player, is he? Pittman's okay. Uh, is it they got from Barnet, was it? Yeah. I don't know. They, yeah, they, they look to have some quite dangerous players, but you know, Maynard was the one for me that that made them a championship club, um, and I, I think without him, they're gonna they're gonna really struggle. And I, I agree with Mark. I think we've got to go up there and have a have a real good go at them. I think uh, we, I think uh, we really need to really attack them because they have got an awful record of late, and uh, I mean uh, they've only won four games at home all season, so. Yeah, you know, I know, I know that's enough, about I know the enough. same as us, but uh, <laughs> I know yeah. Team like that, yeah. but um, 
they, you know, their record's pretty shocking. I, I really think if we can go there and we can start off like we started off against Middlesbrough, yeah. uh, Bristol City are, should be an easier nut to crack than Middlesbrough. Well, um, well, Paul McShane was saying in the week that he expects us to go and thump someone at some point, so it sounds like this is the opportunity. Um, so, okay, we're pretty confident about Bristol. Right, who, who's he fallen out with? <laughs> I think you've been too <laughs> there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, just what happens when you we, spend uh, too much look, time following stats. Yeah, exactly. Just before we uh, move on to Watford and let you guys go, uh, predictions for Bristol City. What do you see the score being, Fahad? Um... I'm going to stick my neck out and say we're going to score two goals for the first time in a long time. My word. And that's all you're going to... Uh, two, um, two, um, two what, sorry? 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Okay, uh, Mark? 1-0 Palace. 1-0. I'm going to go 4-0 Palace. Yeah, there you go. You did it. The, la- the last time he scored more than one goal in the league was Watford on the 15th of October 2000. I know, I know. I mean, uh, I know. <laughs> Uh, was it Bubs put a thread on Homesdale and on the BBS talking about how long it had been since we'd scored more than one goal and mm. uh, yeah that made shocking reading it's a very very good thread as well it's well worth a look if you haven't done so um, I think it's still about on both boards but I think I think Bristol City away is the time we're going to do it and then looking forward to Watford on the Saturday uh, obviously it's a bit early to be talking about team news and selection uh, it's a home game I think the demand's going to be we, in a similar vein to Bristol City, that we, we don't do what we did against Brighton and we go out and we attack. Um, players from Watford to fear. Now, that's an interesting one. Um, Marvin Sordell isn't up front, so their main yeah, man, isn't it? He's gone, though, isn't he? He went to Bolton. Yeah. He's gone has he to Bolton. Gone, has he? Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, that was another, another one, really. What that sort of player was most impressed. Good timing. <clears throat> it is. I think if you look at it, we think how well we did to hang on to, to Zaha and Klein during the transfer window. When you think about other teams losing their key players like that, it's, it does really hit it home. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, Watford will always be a fairly well organised team, um, but I fancy, certainly fancy us to beat them there. I mean, my prediction for that is going to be a two 0 Palace. I think. Uh, what would you want to go for, Fahad? Um I think a one nil there. And uh, Mark. Yeah, I think um, if we can get a positive result up at Bristol City, uh, yeah, I think we could possibly turn them over, maybe score twice. Maybe 2-0, 2-1, something like that. Good stuff. Well, we're all feeling very positive there. Um, and that's probably a nice place to really to end this. Just a quick uh, word for uh, Ross's questions earlier. The two players we missed were Steve Maltone, who's the goalkeeper who played in the 99-2000 season, who made two appearances for the club, and the uh, Sean Murphy defender who in 2002 who made 11 appearances for us. Um, thanks very much for that, Ross. Much appreciated. As a good question, and I quite like that. I quite like that as a thing. Listeners challenging us with questions. So if you guys want to get involved in that in the future, feel free. You can email us, radio at homesdale.net, or do what uh, what Ross and Jerry have done today and give us a bell, which is 0208 Um But nothing else remains but for us to say our goodbyes. Um, so I'll give the guys a chance to say goodbye. Say goodbye. Au revoir. Au revoir. I said say goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye, everyone. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.